Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you will move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place. Oh God, I come against every foul, unclean spirit that's going to try to bring confusion, disarray, anything that's against the word, I cast it down. I take authority over the atmosphere and I send everything that's not of God straight into the pit of hell now. Holy Spirit, come forth, hide me behind the cross. Give me access and ability to minister in the third heaven that I may rightly divide the word of truth. In the name of Jesus Christ. If I was gonna pick a topic today, I am looking for Jesus. I need a man. I know this is Father's Day. I acknowledge that. But in the days that we're in now, there's more women in the church. And what they should be looking for, they're not. They're looking for a natural man instead of looking for Jesus Christ. He is the man. He is the, he is the perfect example of what this should be. And if you don't have a foundation in Jesus Christ, you're going to pick in and everything and think that it's God. But the Bible tells you there's nothing new underneath the sun. We're going to be in Isaiah 4 and 1. We're going to be in Isaiah 3, 16 through 26. I'm going to be talking about four men. That's in the Bible. I'm going to be talking about King David. King Solomon, Ahab, and Jesus Christ. One of the things that is going on in the world, you have to look and understand the state and the consciousness of women in the world. Because if you don't understand what is going on and what is society trying to push down your throat, you're going to take the example of the world and go out and get somebody that is not of God. But if you are there in church and have the foundation and the root and the stability in Jesus Christ, you're going to be able to understand what is God and what is not God and the characteristics of God. Isaiah 4, 1 through 11. And then I'm going to go to Isaiah 3. 16 and 26. And we're talking about the judgment of, it says the judgment of the daughters of Zion and a glorious hope. And what is happening is now God is telling them, the, telling the people what is happening. He's using Isaiah to do this. And it says, and in the day, seven women shall take hold of one man saying, we will eat our own food and wear our own apparel. Only let us be married by your name to take away, it says, our reproach. And let's go now to Isaiah 3, verses 16 through 26. Okay. Moreover, the Lord said, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with outstretched necks, it says, and wanting eyes, 
perspective. And it says, it says walking and mixing as they go, making a jingling with their feet. That means they're wearing something around their ankles. And they're making noise. So they're doing this. Like they got it going on. Somebody stand. Y'all need to pray. It's in here. It's trying to stop it. And listen to what it's saying. Therefore the Lord will stretch with a sack. And the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion. And the Lord will, it says, uncover their secret parts. In that day, the Lord will take away, it says right here, the femory, the jingling, the anklets, the scabs, and the crescents. It says the pending, pendants, the bracelets, and the veil. It says the headdress, the leg ornaments, and the headband. The per, it says perfume boxes, the chimes and the rings, the nose rings. It says the feast apparel and the mantle, the outward garments, the purses and the mirrors, the fine linen, the turbans, the robes, and so it shall be. Instead of a sweet smell, they will be what a stench. Instead of a sash or rope, instead of well-set hair, baldness, instead of a rich robe, a blooming of sackcloth, and bending instead of beauty, your man shall fall by the sword, and your mighty in the war. Her gate shall lament and mourn, and she bring desolate, shall set on the ground. We're going to be talking about four men. And I want you to see, a lot of times we don't understand why judgment is coming. And if you understand, look at the world and society now. It's not that many good men or godly men. In the church, we're not dealing with the world, but in the church. But because you don't can't wait on God, then you go out and start reaching for other things and bring it in the church and trying to clean it out. But yet, on the outside, the attitude is still the same. You can't clean up nobody. If their heart is not submissive, to change and walk this thing through and have a relationship with God. How can they have a relationship with you? You see so many dysfunctions in the home. There are so many problems. And so many women are looking for a father for their children. But yet they cannot find one. They finding out they got another problem in the house. And if your heart and your mind is not rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ, you're going to faint.
because you're going to feel that God has forsaken you. That he's judging you because so many women, I get so many phone calls, so many women want to be married, and that is pastors. That is the sheep. But yet it doesn't seem like God is moving in that direction. There is a reason why. But because we cannot wait on God and be a good cheer. And I want to read you some things. As a result of the judgments of the Lord in Isaiah 3, the daughters of Zion will have men to choose from as husbands. Seven women shall take hold of one man. And it says, says, so many men shall fall by the sword that seven women would, it says, chase after one man. Look and see what's going on. They will be so desperate for marriage that they would not, it says, expect their husbands to provide for them as well. And it says right here, instead it will be enough to simply take the name of a husband so that it will take away the reproach of being unmarried and childless. And it says, this shows that it is not good for women to be so too desperate for marriage. That they marry unwisely. And for the wrong reasons. It is also bad when women do not expect their husbands to provide for their household. Now tell me this is not what it is today. The women are buying the men's stuff. And they ain't buying you nothing. Let's talk about King David. King David had too many wives and concubines. It is believed to, ha to have around 700 wives and 300 concubines or mistresses. I want you to look at the world and what is going on. That's why so many women that's in the church heartbroken, desperate, and they're losing hope and faith in Jesus Christ. But God has not forsaken you. I want you to read and understand and listen to what God is saying. Because some of you think that it's, this is new under the sun. The Bible tells you there is nothing new underneath the sun. It's the same thing regurgitating itself. Why? Because sin resides in the earth. And when sin resides in the earth, that means everything else that's godly goes down and sin starts manifesting. But after a while, God then soon brings judgment. And this is what we're seeing now. There are so many things that are shifting within the church community. This is the hour for great exposure. But even in this great exposure, God is exposing some things for you in order for you to get it right. One thing about God, he does not cut you off. He waits and gives you time and patience. But then after he gives you so many times and patience, then he starts bringing in judgment. He starts slowly pulling in the layers of your life. He starts slowly 
allowing things to be peeled apart. He starts allowing you to really see who you are. And he starts peeling you back layer after layer. And then you're going to find out when you really come into that place that you accept who you really are, your true nature. Then you will see that you need a risen Savior. You're going to see that you need somebody. That's greater than you. But what is happening is because the women of Zion are so haughty, they're missing around and they are taking on all kinds of spirits, all type of things that the world has placed on you. Why do you think they have so many reality television and all of them cheat? All of them are in deceit. Look and see what they are pushing down your throat and you don't have the desire to shut it off. Your intuitive locks you in. And now you're out there saying Jesus, but yet your mind is drawn to something I didn't work because whatever captivates your attention and your heart captivates you. And that's what you go out and seek out and run from. If you don't have a relationship with God, there's going to be nothing governing you. There's nothing around you that's going to put that guard and hedge of protection up here. David had 700 wives and 300 concubines and mistresses. I want to read you this. A wife is a woman in a marital relationship. A woman who has separated from her partner and says, communes to be a wife until the marriage is legally dissolved with a divorce, judgment, or the death of the partner. A wife is referred to as a widow. That is a wife. Let's and see what they're saying about a concubine. A concubine is and what? Interpersonal and sexual relationship between a man and a woman in which the couple does not want or cannot enter into a full marriage. In the hours to come, if you're not careful, the spirit is going to take you over and you're going to subject yourself to something that's out of the will of God but yet it was there revealed to you way before the spirit took a hold of you. Because you put God subconsciously and consciously away from you. Then you pick on that spirit of the world because you don't understand because when you don't have a spiritual discernment or understanding or a revelation of Jesus Christ, you don't understand what is happening in the earth. That's why so many people don't know the voice of God. God is trying to speak, but the people heart are so haughty, they're so strong, they're so stiff-necked and rebellious state that is going on. There's such a rebellious state in the church and people don't understand that God is speaking, but there's something there. There's a wall of, what is the wall? It's the wall that you put up. It ain't Satan. Let's deal with you on today. There's a wall up and then, and then that wall, it comes in and it comes against whatever God is speaking to you in your subconscious and your conscious nature. You don't understand something. You're looking for Mark 666. You need to understand that the Mark is inside of your subconscious brain and you don't have an understanding to understand what is happening because something else is around you. There's something else that's speaking to you and whatever the man lusted and whatever the woman lusted, that is what manifests. You need to understand something. The heart is full of issues and if you don't allow God to come in and deal with those issues, the specific things of the subject of the spirits of the world will overtake you because you have not yielded yourself into the spiritual realm of God that he brings supernatural healing but you'll lay on the couch and believe what they say. How can a man deliver you on the couch when he doesn't even know Jesus Christ? 
And Satan knows that the children of God don't really have faith like they used to. So what he does, he accommodates things around you to make you feel good, Joe Osteen. They smooth you and caress you. I'm going to deal with ravishing. And it comes into a place that they coerce you and make you feel good. And they give you positive words. But when you lay down at night, you're still going through. restraining you but you're still messed up you're still wanting you still desire that one man that's going to be your husband that's going to be a father to your children but yet you've got all of these type of monogamous relationships going on in your head let's talk about the fantasy of your mind and your subconsciousness see a lot of times we as women we have a tendency of fantasizing men do too but a lot of times we're in a place now that we're subject to the enemy and he plays tricks with our minds and then we want to know why we're going out looking and trying to pick something that's in my imagination and then I try to put Jesus on it and it's just not working you don't understand people that's married to tell you that it's work if you cannot understand that you cannot enter into this relationship being selfish you can't enter into Jesus Christ being selfish the two relationships work together that's why it's called a covenant or are you really in a covenant with Jesus Christ how can you expect to enter into a marriage covenant when you don't understand covenant But we don't understand this. And then, and, and then we don't understand why there's something that's there. We're not, I'm going to tell you something about a spiritual husband or a spiritual wife. That is a spirit that's in, the, in your life or it's around you. It could be two couples get married and then the spiritual husband and the spiritual wife cause division to come into marriage. But then you got some women that's single and they are already married to a spiritual husband and they want to know why they can get somebody to love them or why it's always something that's interfering and blocking. You can have the perfect man or the, and everything else in your life or with a spiritual wife. You can have the perfect woman, but yet it seems like y'all can't get along. See, it's more spiritual than what you think. But we don't understand these things. Let's talk about 
King Solomon. As part of his heroin, King Solomon asked God for wisdom to lead God's people. He was a great CEO, but a bad husband. So you got somebody because of what they can provide for you. But yeah, he works all the time, but he's a bad husband. I don't see him much, but I got the big house. I got the big car. You got what you married. You just didn't understand the spirit that you were dealing with. King Solomon had a whole lot of heroines. A group of female women associated with one man. But I thought this was very interesting. It talks about a, a female animal sharing a single mate. It's interesting when we let lust overtake us, we act in that animal state of us. Every mind has to deal with the animal nature of thyself. That's why it's called the sinful nature of man. You got to understand something about the lower level. When you constantly being entertained and doing things in the lower level, you don't understand how these things overtake you. You got to operate in the higher level, which is the things of Christ Jesus. You need to understand what God is saying. That's why we got to reach up higher and grab a hold to the things of Christ Jesus. He's not down on the ground anymore. He's above. And the Bible says, set your affection for things above. But why are you setting your affection for things of the lower nature? You will always be wanting. You will always be willing to do things under the lower nature when Jesus Christ is not the center of your life. Without Jesus Christ, you will have nothing. You're a dead man, dead woman walking. You're not going to have the full life that you desire. And no life in this earth is really perfect. But when you got two people that loves the Lord, you got to understand something. They know how far to take the argument. They know how far to do what they need to get done. They know how to come together. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath. Because when it's rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ, you understand it. That's why the children can't come between it. That's why the mama and daddy, you got to understand something. Some of you looking for somebody and they married to their mama. And then you got a woman, she married to her daddy. Every time y'all get in a fight, he call, she calling the daddy. And she he calling the, 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 um, the mother. And you want to know why you got a mess. Oh, but you already saw the demon in them. And the relationship in the mother, how they had it. But you thought because he married you, he was going to be connected to you and she came or he came from the mother's womb and the man's seed. We don't understand this. I'm looking for Jesus. I need a man. You don't see this. You don't like to be by yourself. He ravished you to leave you after sex. Let's talk about lust. And I'm not talking about, let's get your mind off of it because you can lust after anything. You can lust after money, wealth, fame. You can lust after somebody's name. It's whatever you want to associate yourself with on a spiritual level. Because that's what happens when you have sex. It, it takes it into a spiritual realm. 
and there's a spiritual connection. That's why it's got to be broken. When you come into a place uh, and you get all kind of lust and fornication spirits, it has to be broken in the spiritual realm because God made it. It made it. Not only it happens naturally, but yet you don't understand what happens subconsciously. You don't understand what happens on the spiritual level. That's why it's hard for you to get that man out of your mind. That's why it's hard for you to get that woman out of your mind. It happens on a three-dimensional level. King Solomon was just like his father. You never check the family history. You in love. His daddy was a player. Now you done met. Now you buried the I mean the son, and he just like his daddy. But you find out 20, 30 years later. It's too late. Half of your life is gone. That's why it's not good to get married so fast unless God say so. Some of us don't want to wait. But we're willing to take the name. But we'll take care of ourselves. He had 700 royal wives and 300 concubines and his wives had a powerful influence over him. We just talked about the mother. But some of you are looking for Ahab. We're going to talk about that in a minute. His wives. Let's deal with this. The husband or the wife got a, a stronghold on you. And these women caused King Solomon to do things and step away from God. I've known people that they got married and it seemed like the husband and the wife pulled them out of the church. You need to understand, <laughs> King Saul done it way before them. When Solomon came on, his wife shifted his alliance to go to other gods. Solomon did evil in the Lord's sight. He did not remain loyal to the Lord and his father David had. Even though David was a, was a man after God's own heart. David's nature was set up in God. And he knew, even when Naaman told him, it's you, David repented. He didn't make excuses like Ahab. See, it doesn't, you're worried about the shame, but you need to be worried about the judgment that comes from unrepentance. And I just talked to y'all. You can choose your sin, but you can't choose your judgment. The consequences of your sins. And a lot of times we are in that place that we think, especially in that sinful nature of self-centered, are really not delivered or really not born again in Christ Jesus. You continue to think that you can play here and there and everywhere else. This is not the lottery. Go to Port Airline Victor Boulevard. That's where you need to be. Go to 7-Eleven and get you some tickets. <laughs> and you playing Russian roulette. But you need to understand what is happening here now. We're playing the lottery with our soul. And hoping and wishing that your never or your blessing will come up. But because it's not rooted and grounded in faith, it is impossible to bring it to pass without Jesus Christ. He built high places for all his foreign wives. And God specifically told him 
and the children of Israel do not marry foreigners. In this case, when you marry somebody that's not of God, of the same faith as you, you need to see this and understand what is really going on. What is causing you or has taken over you to cause you to leave God and to burn incense and make sacrifices to other things? The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they agree? You can say anything that you want, but your company reveals who you are. Or your speech betrays you. We don't see this and understand. You want to make excuses for everything else when God is not the sinner and the author and the finisher of our faith. We want to think that somebody else, and I'm controlling this, I'm doing this, I'm manipulating it. Let me tell you something. God will have you thinking you manipulating and controlling everything else. But when it all comes to head, you're still where you are at ground zero. And if you know anything about 9-11, what happened at ground zero? That's where the rubbish was. The high tower came down. And we don't see this and understand this. Anything that exalts itself against the power of God. You need to understand that your weapons are not carnal, but they mighty through the pulling down the strongholds. If you cannot pull down the stronghold in your mind, you cannot cast out a devil in somebody else. Let's talk about King Ahab. Ahab became king after his father died. And he married a woman, Sidonian princess, named Jezebel. Let's talk about some of the princes. You know, my daddy raised me, to, I'm a princess, he then told me that I, I'm the best. And he looked over all your mess. Then you get out there and marry somebody that you can control because your daddy told you you were raised up in royalty. But the only thing that you can get was somebody in the hood that you can control. And he's fascinated by your looks and your out up here. But really he don't like you because he's still sleeping with the girl in the projects that he's been knowing for years. That he can get along with. To have some peace. See, this is what happens. It happens all the time. And then always wanting something that you could control. When your life is out of control, you get and grab and marry somebody that you think that you can control. But you're going to find out they got issues just like you. Huh? And when the covers pull out, then you find out what you really have. Always looking for somebody to give me everything that I want. And marriage is a give and take. And if you're a princess, and spoiled, privileged to everything. It isn't like that in marriage. And you go into a marriage and a covenant, and things are not working out. Why? Because you don't understand a give and take when everything has been given to you all your life. You can marry, uh, a princess can marry a king. 
But if she's not subject to the duties that come along with it, she's going to be somewhere where she shouldn't be, and she should be with her husband. But she's subject to do whatever she wants because there's no God, there's been no restraint. That's why you need to raise up your children in the fear of the Lord. So when they get around and they make commitments with certain things, they don't just get up and run or think they can do what they want and then they want to run home to you complaining about somebody that's taking care of them. They ain't paying no, they paying the bills. They got the house. They doing everything. They're not even hitting her. But you want to call him and complain. But he ain't came to you one time and asked you for money light bills or gas water anything else you need to understand something it's not about your child it's about what's really going on and if you don't have eyes to see and ears to hear what god is speaking to you at that moment you'll make more damage in the marriage than good some of you are looking for someone you can't control you are not looking for a man but a boy Six things about Ahab. Ahab had a very nonchalant, carefree, don't care attitude towards his sin and the sins of others. He made excuses. Some of us, we make excuses for the things that us close up to us or the things that's around us. We make excuses. We take things lightly. But when the things that we should really speak and call it out and correct, we don't want to do this. And then when that thing gets out of control and overtakes you, because that's what God will do. He allowed them the same nation that he called them to judge Israel. Then he raised up something else to discipline the people that disciplined his people. You don't understand something. God will let stuff go on for years. Huh? And the same thing that you did not judge, huh? God will let it judge you and it will come out their mouth correct. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he was blinded for three days. Ahab married a woman that was more wicked than he was. Let's talk about marriage. There's always a dominant person in the marriage. The weaker person will submit to the dominant person in the relationship. You can look in your, in, in, your, in your relationships, even with children, even in marriages. On your job, your best friend. Why she can convince you to go do something that you already knew you didn't want to do? There's always a dominant person in the relationship. The question is, are they saved? Are they going to govern your heart and lead you in the right direction? Do you know what you're going to get from them? Can you count on them? Or you know that they are praying and fasting. One of the things about it is you'll know, even though that person may be dominant, are they praying, are they fasting, are they seeking God? Are they saying when you want to come up there and hit the children with the head, they say, wait a minute, pull back. Let's go pray about this. Because the Bible talks about a word that's spoken in the wrong season, the damage that it can do. See, the dominant person can work good or for you. It depends on if they got David's heart. A heart of what? Repentance. He was chosen after God. He was a man after God's own heart no matter what. How quick are you to repent? That's the thing. Why God has to hog tie you like the prodigal son and bring you down to a low? What are you uniting yourself with? 
If they hard-headed with you, they're going to be hard-headed with the next man or woman. If they're rebellious with you, they're going to be rebellious in everything that they do until God gets a hold of them. And the only Bible says when a person is unsaved, the only thing that you can pray is that they be saved. You get a mind to be saved. Salvation. But you praying for them to go to school, college, and everything else. That's all your prayer, but you never pray for them to have a mind and a heart for salvation. Because if they got Jesus Christ, he's going to guide and lead them into truth. Whatever that truth is. Where they trying to be this, and God said, no, you be this, and I'm going to prosper you over here. A lot of times, God is always asking us stuff opposite than what we want to do. But the difference is, are you a yielded vessel? Are you a crooked or broken vessel? Was at odds with the prophet? Are you always against what the pastor or the fivefold ministry is saying? Or even when your best friend, you know that they are praying and they seeking the will of God? Are you always in rebellions of things? You need to ask yourself that. If you're rebellious people and rebellious type of things, let's let alone, let's get away from the fivefold ministry. What about what does the word say? But you only want to stay at the scriptures that, that talk about money and finances, and you're going to be blessed, and you king's children, and, and this and this and that. But you never want to deal with judgment. You don't never want to do talk about repent. Repent means to turn from it, but you go back to it 5,000 times a day, and then you want to know why God is not moving in your situation. Are you rebelling? Are you in a situation that you always rebelling against what God is saying? That person is headed for a downfall. That person can't obtain anything from the Lord. He's double-minded. He's split-minded. I cannot know, understand what to do. And it seems like everything that I touch is turned to rubbish. And it seems like, seem like it builds up and then it falls back down. God, why? You're in a rebellious state. Ahab was surrounded by godly influence but chose not to listen to them. The company we keep tells me a lot about you. Ahab experienced God's mercy but chose to reject it. God gives you an olive branch but you turned it because it was somebody you talked about or rebelled against. Let me tell you something. I learned God uses people that you not necessarily like or whatever. It happens. God is never going to a lot of time, I'm going to say a lot of time, send somebody that's in your entourage. That's all they're doing is praising and worshiping you because you're feeding them with all kind of trinkets and gifts. God uses will go on the outside to get somebody that's different, that doesn't look like you, to tell you about him. The blame game. First Kings 18, 16-17. So Abadiah went to meet Ahab and told him. And Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is this you, you troublemaker of Israel? We need to understand what is going on. How are you perceiving the things of God? Who's the person that you saying, accusing, that's causing trouble? But they really for you. But see, things get twisted when you're in a, um, a dynamics of dynamic influence. You need to see and understand what is going on. 
You need to learn and understand the voice of God. God always speaks opposite than you when you're in a rebellious state. When you're walking with God, he does what? He confirms. Or he speaks something new. Or he adds on to what he's spoken. I am looking for Jesus. I need a man. The fifth man is Jesus Christ. He's the one that died on the cross for your sins. He's the one that's given up everything that you can have eternal life. He's the one that's giving you everything. You can go with me to Isaiah 11. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, Isaiah 11 and 2. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decides by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with, it says, equal for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips, he shall slay the wicked. The righteous shall be the belt of his loins. And faithfulness, the belt of his waist. And you can read so forth and so forth. Jesus Christ is the true example of a man. Isaiah 11 tells you about the seven spirits of Christ. There's not going to be a perfect earthly man, but he should line up with some of the qualities. But the heart is going to tell you. And only God can show you if that's the one that God wants you to have. And you should not allow anybody to be around you that's not walking with the things of God. They should line up with God's characteristics. This man came and gave up all his majesty and glory to come down for sinners like you and me. He pulled off his majesty and glory. He should be the man, the example, the trinity that we should follow. What greater love for a man to lay down his life for his brother? What greater love? The Bible says those that believe in the name of the Lord shall be saved. If they're not saved, you don't need them. If they're lukewarm, double-minded, split-minded, these are the characteristics that you do not need. They should be the example of Jesus Christ. He's the ultimate man, God-man. 
I pray that something's been said and done. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen.